So I'm sitting in the car riding with my daughter. I got to pick her up from school today. Why did I get to pick her up from school today? Because I got fired from my job. And man, let me tell you something. I feel so good right now. It's amazing. Um, You know, so this job was a work from home job. And the reason why I mention that is I no longer need a, a manager, right? Right there telling me I don't need colleagues. I don't need all those structures. Now I'm realizing that, well, if I'm going to build my own business and I'm going to start my own shop, I'm going to also need to be able to I don't, I'm going to also need not someone cracking the whip on me, right? Because I knew there was a manager on the other end of the phone with this job. But I'm going to need to be able to make my own structures and follow them, right? So that's powerful. Um, I'm starting to fall in love with this personal accountability thing, man. Like the idea that you can just hold yourself accountable is just a really cool idea. And a really cool feeling that we can just hold ourselves accountable and, and and create from that space. So, anyways, that's just a few thoughts I wanted to, to notch down real quick. Alright? Peace. So, I started making sales calls today. And for my own business for the first time ever. And I was always curious as to what is the point of this, right? Why deal with this? What is the point? And it became very clear to me what the point is. And what the point is, is that once you start doing things that are out of your comfort zone, you start pushing on your own personal trauma. So let me explain a bit. So my dad, very encouraging, very loving man. And he would always encourage me, man. He would say, Son, go out there and put your photography together and show the world and fuck them if they don't like it. So supportive. I hated and resented that man when no one bought my photos. What I wasn't aware of was I may have experienced some trauma that even he didn't know about. Maybe I showed a painting in fucking second grade and, um, and no one liked my painting. And so I was holding on to that and I wanted to hide. And he thought he was helping me and he was. But instead, I said, fuck you, man. I'm traumatized and I'm hurt. All right? So when no one bought this, fuck you. The pain's too big. So as I started making these calls, I made one phone call. The guy hung up. I don't mind that. It's not salesmanship. It's not rejection I'm afraid of. It's creative insecurity. Ha-ha. So what do we learn? We get out of our comfort zone. We start pushing on our trauma. And when we start pushing on our trauma, it fucking hurts. And when it fucking hurts, we want the pain to stop. So how do we make the pain go away? We make the pain go away by not taking action. We have to not take action to avoid the trauma, to avoid the pain. So now that we're avoiding the pain, we have to rationalize why we're not doing the thing. Now, if we're particularly skilled and talented, we have to really do some hula hoops. So my particular version was, well, I'm good at sales. I can sell other people's services and products, but nobody will buy mine because I don't get marketing. So you start doing marketing and you realize that there really is no such thing called marketing. 
You just put something out there, you get feedback, and then you make it better. Well, maybe I don't like rejection. Nope, you're not afraid of rejection because you do sales. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Nope, you have business partners and people who can help you with that. What could it be? What the fuck could it be? Well, no one will get me. Okay, that's a reasonable one. No one will get me. Um, the What I'm offering is too intellectual and high-minded. Ah, okay, that's a nice ego one there. What it really is, you're traumatized and you're afraid. And this comes up in all sorts of areas in our life. So the reason you build a business is this. And also, I got to pick up my son at 2.30 today. We had been beefing and going at it and everything felt not okay. I've been working this insurance job. And even though I was working from home, I felt like a slave every day. Every day I felt like a fucking slave. And my son's seeing that and I'm telling him to be a man and get after it. But I'm not allowed to get up from my seat in my own home to take a piss. You get that? So I'm telling him to be a man, but he's seeing a man who is being less being less than a man. Now, did I learn personal discipline and things? Absolutely, I learned those different things. But those, the point is, is that we can't just keep treating living our second best life like a learning experience. Oh, well, I learned something else. Well, I learned something else. That's great. Move forward. Okay? That is all for now. I love you all. Take care. So I just finished watching a movie called With a Friend Like Harry with my girl. And uh, what were we saying, babe, about... So we're we're leaving Austin, Texas. And uh, and this is just my notepad. I just give it, make it public so people have the opportunity to listen to it. Um, what were you saying, babe, about all these chance occurrences? Um, I was just saying how we originally had a plan of going back home tonight, but everything happened in a way that I feel divine intervention that got us to this point where we are now sitting in a hotel that we weren't supposed to be sitting in, honestly, um, as everything is sold out and crazy. And, uh, yeah, just like a set of divine interventions to get us to the point that we watch this movie that kind of just makes our gears turn a little bit and just think about creativity in a way that we probably didn't think about before. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I haven't watched a movie in a while um, that really got me thinking and got me processing. And uh, that would be on me because these things are all available. But um, here's what I got out of the movie. Kind of jump into that a bit. So, and this has tons of spoilers in it, but whatever. So this guy um, in the movie, number one, it was beautifully cast to me. So the the main character is this dude. He's got kids, right? And the kids are crying in the background and he's working, but his life is kind of, he's got a wife, his wife's hot, but she's like tired and, 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 and uh, he looks like the cool kid, but his dad kind of dominates him. The kids are crying, maybe a lack of respect there. And I know that I've definitely sort of encountered that. And I might even share some things in this review, babe, that you might be like, what the fuck, you know, but whatever. Um, So it makes me think about my own son and when I would get disrespect for my own son, right? And I remember when I was quote unquote edgier, meaning I was moving through the world in a more 
not sociopathic, but in a way of like, hey, fuck you, I'm going to do what I want. Um, I don't need a relationship. I don't need to be loyal to people. You know, I'll say what I need to say to make a buck, you know? Well, kids always want what they want, just in a very cold sort of way, in this very, like, id sort of, I'm going to do what the fuck I want when I want. You get what I'm saying, babe? And I think a lot of men, like, I know we've spoken about relationships that we've had in the past. I think a lot of men identify with that position as strength because you have the guy who's like Mr. Nice Guy, right? And uh, and in this movie, his, his dad's dominating him. His dad's like this professional dentist. He's kind of an asshole. You need to get it together, son. And then... He's disrespecting you, his wife. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, he's disrespecting his wife. And then this guy comes along and he's like... And he kills his dad, right? So he kills the father off. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a metaphor of killing the father so you can... Focus. Yeah, so you can become your own man, right? Mm-hmm. So you can become your own man. And um, and then he says... And then the brother, to me, the brother is laughing about his poem. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm looking in the description of this movie. It is a dark comedy is what they consider it. I think they failed grossly in the comedy part and made a great movie. Yeah, I don't think it was a comedy at all, to be honest. Right, right? We laughed in some even, spots. Even, then, even though you laughed at certain areas that were nice. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what I enjoyed about when he killed the the brother... So the brother is like laughing at his poem. And he's like, ah, this poem's so fucking stupid. Well, there's actually a thing called creative insecurity. And I know that I possess that, and I think a lot of people do. Creative insecurity. (laughs) So when you're making things and people go, that's fucking stupid. It's hurtful, isn't it? It's hurtful, right? And we can go, ah, I don't care, it doesn't matter. But I do it to people all the time. We do it like everyone I ever know fucks with me. Oh, don't sing, please, right? That doesn't hurt because I'm not a singer. But when I'm rapping and someone says, don't rap, that doesn't make any sense. That hurts me deeply. Make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. Which is fine, because we fuck with each other, right? He kills his brother in the movie. We don't need to kill our brother. My my ex before we met. Oh, the rap doesn't make any sense. That rhyme doesn't make any sense. Uh, people that I knew, I have buddies. Oh, your your structure of your rhymes don't make any sense. But here's the problem with the metaphor of this guy who runs around killing all these people. It's it's this metaphor of killing people off in your life who don't agree with you, right? Oh, Sheila, oh, you, you think I'm not a good singer? Hey, fuck you. Oh, X, you, you know, Janice, you think I'm not a good? Fuck you. Oh, Mikey, you don't want to, um, you know, hey, for, you know, forget my kids, forget my family. It's all about me. I'll be by myself. I'll do it by myself. I'll do everything by myself. Fuck everybody, right? And that's not... So at the end of the movie, right, the guy's going to go upstairs and he's going to kill his whole family. And he's like, and he stabs him. And, and, and what that to me represents is, so the ego is saying, we're going to achieve this goal, like you said, at all costs. But what is really happening is there's this gross irresponsibility of, I'm going to blame others. Make sense? Mm-hmm. So I used to be super into art. And when I was super into art, 
I had created this divide. I'm artistic, I'm creative. Therefore, I don't have high conscientiousness. I don't get my work done on time. I don't pay my bills on time. I'm emotionally unstable. I'm all over the place because I'm an artiste. I'm not like, what would be the opposite of being an artiste? Being a military person, right? So I listen to David Goggins. I listen to Jocko Willink. I listen to all these different guys. And Jocko Willink talks about extreme ownership. He talks about not blaming anyone for anything. So at the end of this movie, this guy kills the dude who's going to go up and kill his family. Well, that guy represents the, 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 the ego, right? That dark side of us that's saying, hey, fuck everybody. I'm the man. I got this shit. We see that a lot in like a, uh, a Kanye West, you know, fuck everybody. I got this shit. And that ego is necessary to get us to a certain point. But do you really want to kill your family off, your friends off? No, you don't. What's beyond the ego? Ownership. It's on me. Whose fault is it that I didn't write the paper or the book? Me. Not my kids, not my wife. Because the movie concludes with him looking at his wife and saying, I love you. He kills the guy and he buries him. So he needed that to become his own man. He needed to kill the father off. He needed to kill the brother off, metaphorically. He needed to shut out the noise, like my man Goggin says. Once he learned how to shut out the noise, he didn't need that anymore. Mm-hmm. Now, here's another thing that's fucking interesting about the entire movie. The entire movie is meta unto itself. Here's what I mean. <clears throat> Let's say I'm a filmmaker and I go, I'm stepping out of the movie completely now. Let's say I'm a filmmaker and I go, I can't make movies because why? What would be a good reason I might have, babe? Because I'm busy with kids. Mm-hmm. I'm busy working. Mm-hmm. I would have done it before, but now I have kids, just like the guy in the movie. Mm -hmm. But do you notice how on point and authentic the description was? I bet the guy who wrote the movie is probably busy with kids. I bet the guy who wrote the movie probably at some point had resentment towards his wife like she was somehow holding him back. It's a very human thing. Mm -hmm. So on a meta level... He's taking all of those feelings and thoughts and making a film about it. Mm. So he's going, what's my life? I have kids. They're fucking crying in the back. It's frustrating to me. I have a wife. She wants me to keep my shit together. It's great that I want to be a writer, but she wants to make sure we can provide for the family. But I'm making this up, right? Mm -hmm. I resent my wife for that and I resent my children. But I don't. I love them. What's beyond the resentment? So the movie itself is like meta. So the creation of the movie is literally someone creating something that they're going through right now, talking about the character going through it. Mm -hmm. So at the end, there's a completion. This guy's in bed. And there's a respect. And here's what I mean. And this is where I'll be. But I don't think it's it's hard for. Um, uh, hell shit. Let me just speak freely. It's hard for a woman. There are things that are, a man finds hard to respect in a woman. 
there are things that a woman finds hard to respect in a man. Speaking from a masculine point of view, I think it's hard to respect a man who's given up on his dream. Mm. I think it's hard to respect a man who's kind of taken that beta backseat to life and is just letting life kick his ass. Women will stick by your side. She wasn't berating this man or calling him a bitch or doing anything wrong, right? But he was snapping at her. She was snapping at him. There wasn't a lot of love and respect in the relationship because he's not respecting himself. Mm. I'm looking at it from the masculine point. Who knows what she wants? She wasn't the main protagonist in the film. I think she just wanted help with her kids. She was mm. doing it all by herself while he was figuring shit out. Mm. Mm. At the beginning? Yeah, remember when they were? she was bathing the kids and she was just really super tired and he's just like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, I was busy or something. And she's like, well, I need a break too. And remember she walked out. Yeah, I do. But that was towards the end. What do you do? You think that the movie had anything to do with her looking at it from a female perspective? When they're at the very beginning, they're in the car. He was being kind of a dick, right? Snapping yeah. at the kids, yelling mm-hmm. at the kids. He, was he just being looked kind of tired. Both of them looked tired, like exhausted. So it didn't make him. So him giving up on his dreams didn't make him a nicer guy or a better dad. Mm-hmm. So then you go, well, you're not being a better dad. You're snapping at your kids and you're resentful. Fuck everybody. Go off and do your thing. Mm. That's the halfway point. Complete the cycle. Right? Right. Boom. So then at the end, there's all this love. There was an energy. There was an aliveness in his eyes. And what I loved about the, the casting and acting and all of it was... There was a hardness behind his eyes that wasn't there before. Did you see that? Mm-hmm. Like before he was like a little boy. He's yeah. still this good looking. You can tell he was kind of a suave guy. Mm-hmm. You can see the woman was very pretty and fit and all of this stuff. So you can see that she's hot. But neither one of them looked particularly impressive. There was no energy. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, there's an aliveness. So anyway, so it was a dope movie. So I suggest you guys check that out. I wanted to get this down because did you have anything else you wanted to share? No, I think it was a great movie. Check it out. Yeah, I wanted to get this down um, because this is something I want to go back and listen to because it's that creative process, isn't it? Warning of subtitles, though. It's all in French, but (laughs) it's good, though. I like it. I learned some French the whole time, so it's cool. Okay, so what I want to talk about <clears throat> on this recording is um, where intuition can serve you badly. So, building um, this business, building this coaching business, building this practice, I notice that as I'm moving through it, I'll post a video, maybe not get as many likes as I'd like, and then I go, you know what, I just need to be more intuitive and stop overthinking things. So one of the things that I'm able to do is kind of move into more of an observer position uh, and just kind of watch my mind and live moment to moment. Okay. Right. So if you get that, you get that. If you don't get that, then this, you know, well, whatever, this is more of a note for myself. So hopefully since I'm sharing this with a public audience, if someone happens to come across it and it's of value to them, that's great as well. But So I'll move into this intuitive place, kind of that third eye space. And like I'm driving down the road with my girl and I'm not thinking about when we get to Jacksonville for this race we're gonna do. 
I'm not thinking about if we're going to stop and eat something on the road. Um, whereas in another frame of mind, I might be like, hey, let's find somewhere to eat. I don't really want Dunkin' Donuts because that, that could be quite upset on my stomach. Or how many miles is it? Ah, do we really have time to make a detour? And I start overthinking. So I more fall into patterns of overthink. <clears throat> so being present keeps me from falling into patterns of overthink. Or she does uh, stock trading. So if I were a stock trader, I would imagine that on the one hand, I would look at the market and I'm in this thing that's changing moment by moment, but it could harm me to be thinking about what's going to happen with this particular stock or poker hand five minutes from now, as opposed to being present in the moment. So what I always tell people, whether it's in dating or whatever they're doing, that what you want to do is you want to be present. You want to do all your practice off of the field. You want to do your studying. You want to uh, understand what you're going to say to the girl. You want to practice your poker tables or whatever. And then when you're in the game, you're just moment to moment reactive, reacting intuitively. Okay. <clears throat> now my girl talks about following her plan in stock trading. So if I'm not thinking, so what I'm doing while I'm sitting there is I'm turning off my rational brain and I'm using my intuition and I'm going off my intuition because the idea is that I put enough reps in that now I can move to another part of my brain. I'm in a non-reactive place and I'm just acting intuitively moment to moment. Here's where that can get you in trouble. <clears throat> so karma is the result of the causes and the conditions in your life. So I just talked with my sponsor who's a Dharma teacher he says, yeah, but here's the problem. If you grew up being abused as a child, let's say, and a cop pulls you over, if you're being intuitive in the moment, you're not afraid and you're not thinking about going to jail. You're not thinking about this guy's going to pull out a gun and shoot me. So you're not freaking out. But at the same time, you might go, why were you going so fast? And your intuition might go, fuck you, you piece of shit. That would not be a correct response because you're acting moment to moment. You're not afraid of what will happen if you say, fuck you. You're not being socially conditioned. You're being spontaneous and free, but your karma has you acting from a place of anger. Now, the exact opposite of that would be, would be to think everything out and then to the point where you're stifled. So now that cop pulls you over and you're thinking, I better not say the wrong thing or I'm going to get a ticket. And then when I get a ticket, that'll mess up my driving record. And when that messes up my driving record, my insurance will go up. And when my insurance goes up, I won't be able to make that extra student loan payment. And when I can't make that extra student loan payment, I'll include more debt. And that will keep me from having financial freedom. And now you're in a full-blown panic attack over a traffic ticket. So these are the two opposite ends of the spectrum. Okay. <clears throat> what you want to do is you want to be able to be present, but then be aware when your karma is fucking with you. So for example, the other night I had a very selfish conversation with my woman and it felt like a genuine conversation, but it wasn't necessarily wisdom a lot of it was my karma 
coming out. You see? I need this and I want this and I need this and I want this from the relationship. You're not helping me with this. You're not helping me with this project. I was talking with my business partner and one of my best friends. Fuck you. You're not helping me with this. You're not helping me with that. And I just vented that because I'm being intuitive and I'm not being like you all who put your fake faces on. I am real. I am genuine. And it's like you're inconsiderate and you are, you lack empathy. So that's where our intuition can serve us wrong when we're coming from a a place of too much karma and we're acting out our impulses in a negative way. So it comes back to self-awareness and how to balance that. The way we balance that is this. So you have your value direction. So let's say you're going to start a business. So moment to moment, you want to just support that. Now, at some point, you may encounter a block where you go, oh, wow, I'm finding it challenging to move through this context. You want to dive a little deeper. What is this? What is this that's holding me back? What is this that's fucking with me? Could this be a very old part of me? And you have to get that integrated. And then you kindly and gently go back to moment by moment. So it's an on switch and it's an off switch. And that's all I have to say about that.